Will Joel Embiid spoil Christmas at the Garden? Who should you back when the top two teams in the East square off in Boston? What's most likely to cash in when LeBron and the Lakers sans Anthony Davis go head-to-head with Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks? Welcome to today's episode of Hardwood Parlays. I'm your host, Bobby Kravitsky. Joining me for an episode where we'll explore what we believe are the best bets from the NBA's Christmas schedule. It's the marquee date on the league's regular season calendar. I'll start with 28-year professional sports handicapper from Sports Memo, Wager Talk, and the Predictive Playbook, John Ryan. Thanks for having me, Bobby. How's everything going? How are you, Jesse? Doing fine. Looking forward to uh, Christmas cheer with the family. Who doesn't love the holidays and that voice you just heard? I'm thrilled to welcome him back, the Iceman himself, Jesse Shul. And if you're not tailing his picks, you're missing out on profits. You can find his work at a bevy of outlets, including Sports Memo, Picks and Parlays, and Kappa Reviews. Jesse, how's it going? Going great. Yeah, bit of a rough night last night, but we're really looking forward to the gridiron this weekend where we have been hot all year. Yeah, this this weekend is the time certainly to do more than just recoup Thursday's losses. It's a time to really cash in and turn this weekend into a net positive. So we'll start here looking at that Sixers-Knicks game at the Mecca. And John, why don't you go first and tell us what you're on in this matchup? Well, I won't uh, belabor the point here. I, I like the Sixers quite a bit in this matchup up at Madison Square Garden. It's the first of the five games starting at noon tomorrow or on um, Christmas Day. Uh, New York Knicks have been one of the hottest teams in the league. Uh, they're sixth in the Eastern Conference right now at 18 and 14. So they've kind of turned it on and have done well. But the Sixers have done even better, and they are closing the gap. They are fifth in the Eastern Conference. And in another game we're going to be probably talking about is the Brooklyn Nets are the team in the East right now that is on fire, and they are steadily climbing the leaderboard in the in the conference. But I do have a, a system here that I want to share that supports Philadelphia. And in this situation, uh, we're also going to be betting the under. Uh, so the under in this game is the, the bet. So betting under an individual matchup of teams that are playing quite well, as I just detailed for both of them, one of the teams has won six or more of their last games. The opponent being the Knicks has won eight or more of their last 10 games. That combination of three parameters, 30 and seven to the under for 81% over the last five seasons. So I like the under. I also like betting the Sixers. So if you like teasers, parlays i think this is a great opportunity to do the sixers and the under jesse do you agree with john's take is there a different bet you're on what's your perspective on this tilt well first off i'm not surprised that john's on the sixers i've done a, a lot of shows <laughs> with john and he's often on the sixers but uh i will agree fool you. i will uh, agree with john though when it comes to the total uh i do like the under i mean as John mentioned, the Knicks have been on a roll lately and their success has come in part due to their pretty good defense. They've improved defensively. I think they're allowing 103 point or 104 points per game in their last five. Philly is even better. They're allowing 103 points per game in their last five overall. And Philly is obvi- obviously quite uh, outstanding defensively too. I don't love betting on unders uh, on Christmas Day because a lot of the star players like to showcase themselves. You know, guys like Embiid are going to try to go off for 30. That being said, um, divisional game, rivalry, uh, New York, you know, the style of play, the pace, you know, under 218.5 seems like a 
better better than average play for me. Yeah, I'm I'm with you guys on the under here. And what I look at is that at the time of this recording, which is before Friday night's games, the Knicks are eight and two in their last ten tilts. And you guys talked about the defense improving. It's a direct a direct result, excuse me, of the rotation. I'm going to say upgrades, subtracting Derrick Rose and Evan Fournier, and then bringing in more Quentin Grimes, more Miles McBride. It's not a coincidence the defense got better with those guys getting more playing time. And so between that and how well that they've been really all season offensively and what Jalen Brunson has brought to this team, Julius Randle not being relied on as heavily as a creator for this offense. And so in that stretch of the 10 games where they've gone eight and two, New York is allowing the fewest points per game and surrendering a tick under 11 threes, which is tied for the sixth fewest. I understand that they have no answer for Joel Embiid, but I think that Tom Thibodeau's approach is going to be trying to cut off everyone else's water and limit his free throws. That is easier said than done when you're talking about someone, only him and Giannis average 12 free throw attempts or more per contest. At the same time, I think that as long as they protect the arc and limit everyone else's impact, that it plays into the under cashing in in this one. And then let's look ahead. The next matchup on the slate, it's the Lakers and the Mavericks in Dallas. I can't believe the purple and gold are not hosting a game on Christmas. But Jesse, what's your outlook on this one? Well, as I mentioned about the previous game, uh, the star players usually like to showcase themselves on Christmas. And LeBron James, uh, more so than most. I'm not really a LeBron James fan, but ever since uh, the injury to Anthony Davis, uh, LeBron's been lighting it up. Uh, It hasn't translated into wins for the Lakers. This is a tough spot for them on the road in Dallas. And Luka Doncic is playing quite well as well. The one thing I'm going to look for in this matchup is uh, if I can get a good line on LeBron's total points, rebounds, and assists. I think everything's going to go through. Uh, of course, I'm not the only one who's going to think that. It, the price might just not be reasonable enough for me to, t- to hit it. Uh, it's not available yet. We'll wait and see. But if, if they offer a fair number, I think LeBron's going to go off. I don't think the Lakers are going to do that well, but uh, I, I expect LeBron to, uh, you know, be looking to pad his stats and build on his legacy here on a, in a Christmas Day game. John, your outlook? Well, I think if, if Jesse's right and LeBron does go off on a big game, I think that actually will favor the more team-oriented offense and defense of the Dallas Mavericks. Granted, uh, Lucas scores a ton of the points, but he also distributes a ton of the points And that's something that the Lakers have not done even remotely well this year and continue to struggle with their team chemistry. And they're just, you know, they're 13th in the league for a reason. So um, I I like uh, Dallas in this. I think this is a game that you could bet live in game, see how it starts out, see if LeBron, you know, scores 15 in the first quarter. And then uh, if they have the lead, then you get the the Mavericks that pick them or even better than that. And I think that's, how I'll probably play this game. Yeah, I think that's a smart outlook. And Jesse, I'm definitely with you on monitoring what LeBron's points, assists, and rebounds combination is like. And it's one thing if it's, you know, it just seems unattainable or not worth get going on and taking action, but it's going to be compelling. I think he's going to put up a huge showing on Christmas. Ultimately, what I'm most confident in cashing in is the under at 225 and a half. You can grab it for minus 110. Dallas ranks in the bottom 10 in scoring, 
generating 110.9 points per game. Everything flows through Luka Doncic. It's the reason that they have the slowest pace in the league. And those fewer possessions translate to less opportunities to score. So I just don't trust Dallas to all of a sudden go gangbusters because the pace isn't going to pick up for them. And then you look at the Lakers in these three games without Anthony Davis. They barely beat the Wizards at home. They got smoked by the Suns and they lost by 14 to the Kings, who won more convincingly than the score suggests. So I don't trust either side to put up a huge number offensively. So I'm on the under in this one. And then the next game that we can get to, it's the Bucks and the Celtics in Beantown. Jesse, your thoughts? Well, the Celtics have lost three straight. Uh, they've got some injured players back. Of course, the Time Lords come back and played three games. He's, he was rested in the last game. Um, and, you know, they've, they've been having trouble maybe making adjustments to uh, playing together with a different rotation. Um, but I, I think they're going to figure it out, and I think that they're going to be highly motivated uh, for a home game on Christmas Day. The Bucks are not a great road team. The Bucks are playing tonight against Brooklyn, which is a another marquee matchup that uh, they might be focused more on that than, than this Christmas Day game, or it might, you know, suck up some of their energy before they face the Celtics. I'm, I'm going to look and monitor that game closely. If the Bucks get the win against the uh, the Nets, or if they're even if that game's combat- competitive, I do like Boston to snap that three game winning streak on Christmas Day. I think they're due to, uh, you know, gel with with, uh, the Time Lord coming back. And and I think things are going to work out for them moving forward. John, what's your perspective on it? I couldn't have said it better myself, Bobby. Jesse, that was a great breakdown. I agree 100% with this. You get a team like Boston, which is still the number one team in my NBA power ratings, despite the losing streak. You're getting tremendous value at anything south of three and a half points with the Celtics. So I, I actually like the Celtics as uh, one of my best bets for the Christmas card. And I think they, I wouldn't be surprised to see them win this matchup by double digits. So we're recording, like I said earlier, ahead of Friday night's games. I think this one for the Celtics matters more than any other team that has a game ahead of Christmas. In, in Boston, what's happened is defenses are starting to challenge the Celtics in It looks a little different. It varies from team to team, but they're hitting on the same points of emphasis and they've made it harder for the Celtics to get to the rim and move the ball around the perimeter. And so the quality of three-point shots has diminished. The opportunities at the rim have dropped dramatically. And the Celtics, they've really struggled to figure it out, except in the second half against the Pacers in that loss, they started to put it together because the only way to to you know, fight their way through this is with an aggressive downhill approach. So Jason Tatum in particular led that charge. They went from giving up 42 points in the first quarter to Indiana and getting booed by their home crowd to scoring 42 against the Pacers in the third frame. If they come out against Minnesota and the second half of that Indiana game carries over, that's a good sign for this team coming to play and being competitive, perhaps winning against Milwaukee on Sunday. If it's more inconsistencies and people questioning their focus, that's a red flag. So ultimately, what I look at as the best value play is the Bucks at plus 140 on the money line come Sunday. It's Giannis is like LeBron Jesse in the sense that his points and rebounds combination 
is going to be one that's worth checking out to see where it clocks in because that could be worth a play. I think he's in for a huge game on Sunday, but maybe like LeBron, it's just a figure that you ultimately say everyone else was on this too and Vegas made it too high, so stay away from it. But it's at least worth monitoring where that's at. I think the Celtics ultimately, they might win this game, but the best value proposition is the Bucks at plus 140 on the money line. John Ryan, I'm curious to get your thoughts on that. Well, I like I like that play. Um, I just I just think that Boston being at home um, is, is just too it, it's too cheap for me to overlook it, especially if the the public comes in on Milwaukee here and it drives it down to say two and a half. I I which I think will happen. I think it will. Um, you know, at two and a half, I, I'm you know I'm pretty interested in back in the number one team in my power ratings. Um, and it's for first place in the conference, and this could be a preview of the Eastern Conference Championship later this season. So uh, I, the way you started out and saying that this is by far the more important game for Boston than their game tonight, I can't agree more. And Boston may get caught tonight looking ahead, which would be normal. But I think if they would lose tonight, that's even more fuel for me to, to identify Boston to end a four-game losing streak in a big way over a big opponent. It's a great point right there, John. And then let's move out West. It's the Grizzlies and the Warriors in the Bay. Golden State is coming back from a road trip where they went one and five and got throttled in both games in New York. They were demolished by Milwaukee and lost by 14 against the Sixers. They're two and seven in their last nine games. And Steph Curry recently said that he's nowhere near picking up a basketball again. And on the other side of this matchup, you have a Grizzlies team that was more competitive in their playoff series with the Warriors than I think they get credit for, especially after John Morant went down. I think they beat Golden State by 50 when it went back to Memphis. And then in game six, the closeout game for Golden State, they made the Warriors earn it. And so I think that this is going to be a Grizzlies team looking for a measure of revenge, plus Desmond Bain, who's been out for a while with a toe injury. He's questionable for Friday's game against the Suns which suggests that he might be able to come back and suit up on Sunday. So Jesse Shule, I like the Grizzlies at minus four, which people can get for minus 110. I think this line is way too low. It should be a lot higher, in my opinion. You look at the Warriors uh, since the injury to Curry and uh, Wiggins, uh, they've lost five of their last six. The majority of those losses have been blowouts. They haven't even really been competitive. I know they're at home. I know it's Christmas. But, I mean, as long as John Morant's healthy and the, and the Grizzlies come in healthy, they, I mean, the, the opportunity to beat the defending champs after they were knocked out of the playoffs last year by this team, get you know, to, to kick them when they're down, I mean, who's going to pass up on that opportunity? I don't think John Morant's going to pass up on that. And uh, I, I think that maybe the public is, is just a little bit uh, – you know, I mean, it's the Warriors, so you're still going to get people that are, are going to bet on them, even with the injuries. But this line should probably be closer to double digits, in my opinion. So absolutely like Memphis here. John, who or what are you backing in this one? Well, I, I think you guys are on to something. I like the over in this game because with the injuries that the Warriors have suffered, it has been their defense that has been just absolutely horrible. And uh, Wiggins brings a lot to the table. Uh, defensively, and they miss that even more so, I think, than what they miss on offense with Steph Curry. 
So I like the over here. They've been allowing, you know, excess of 50% shooting here in many of the last 10 games. And Memphis is a, is a good, solid shooting team. It's not afraid to pass the ball around, find the best shot available. And I, I think uh, Memphis and the over would be my leans here, but I, I do like the over as a bet. Yeah, I think that's a great play, John. And then the last game on the slate, it's the Suns and the Nuggets in the Mile High City. Jesse Shule, we'll start with you. What's your outlook on this matchup? It's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens between Memphis and Phoenix tonight. Uh, that's going to impact how I look at this game. But uh, uh, either way, I mean, uh, the, the uh, Suns have some injuries. Uh, the Nuggets are a great home team. Um, you know, I'd, I'd probably lean toward the Nuggets and, and the Joker on a Christmas Day game. Uh, with the the Suns, you know, not being at full strength. Yeah, I think that's a great outlook. John, do you agree, or is, is there something else you want to steer people towards? Well, again, I think the over here is is the play. My opinion. I like uh, Jesse's take on Denver here. They're you know they have the best record in the Western Conference, which is actually hard to believe at nineteen and eleven. Usually when a team in the Western conference has 11 losses and they're the number one team in the conference, they usually have about 40 wins, not the case this year. They actually are 13 and 17 against the number. So they've underperformed at market expectations. And as a result, you know, the general public is not betting Denver because they don't cover the spread, but now you're getting value. Now you're getting, like Jesse said, you're getting a, a price that's cheaper by probably two or three points than where I would have it on my power ratings. And Phoenix is a mystery to me. I, I still don't understand why they're 19-13 and why they're not playing better. And again, both teams do at times struggle on the defensive end. They kind of fall asleep. They get these big leads, and then all of a sudden the opponent comes back. And I, I just see that as a, you know a really good in-game betting opportunity to, to bet the over. Uh, one of the strategies I use, and I'll say it real quickly, is that you can get pace of play in the NBA that's very volatile, big time extremes. They can score, you know, up to seven and a half points per minute over a three minute period. They can also play in the mud and score three and a half points per minute over a three minute period. So when that happens and you go three minutes and the teams combine for 10 points and you like the over, then bet the over because you're going to see that price plummet while they play in the mud. And of course, they're not going to play in the mud, these two teams, for the whole game. So there will be times where they miss shots. Uh, it's, it's not flowing right. And take advantage of it by betting the over in the in game. Yeah, I think that's a great outlook. We're all on the same accord here. I like the Nuggets at minus two and a half. The Suns are the more balanced team. But I also think Phoenix, you talk about, John, why is their record is what it is and not more impressive. I think they're soft. I think we've seen a number of examples, whether it was Grant Williams going through DeAndre Ayton's chest on multiple occasions when the Celtics throttled them in Phoenix in Chris Paul's return, whether it was the Pelicans punking them on multiple occasions, including the Suns got all upset that Zion did that 360 windmill on him to cap off a big win. And what happens the next game? They get to play them again and they lose again. And they look particularly flat in that one and not impressive. I just think that they're a team that is hard to trust. And with this game being in Denver, I trust the Nuggets and Nikola Jokic, who I don't know if he'll get 
a third straight MVP award. And of course, there's still plenty of season to be played. But at this moment, I think there is a strong case that he should be the front runner for that trophy. So he's playing outstanding yet again. The Nuggets are rolling right now, and I just trust them and their makeup more than Phoenix's. I like it, Bobby. I love how you brought up that uh, that game against New Orleans with uh, the Zion dunk. And then you look at that, they play them again in the next game. And if you can't respond with a win there, you know, what do you got? What do you got for me if you can't come up with a response to that? Yeah, I think that impacted the trajectory of the Suns and the Pelicans. I think that really is when people started to take New Orleans being a potential title contender seriously. That's a train that I'm on. I think they have all the pieces. And then when you see Zion after the game, Talk about, hey, maybe I shouldn't have done it, but just start to show that dog in him and that this was a message because the Suns sent them home last year. That's the type of mental makeup that you're looking for in a team with championship potential, and you're not seeing Jesse from the Phoenix Suns. That wraps up this edition of Hardwood Parlays. But before we go, John, we'll start with you. The stage is yours to promote any work you want to share and let everyone know where they can find you on social media. I appreciate that, Bobby. They can find... um... Me and actually Jesse over at the predictiveplaybook.com and winningcappers.net and other sites as well. Uh, but those are the two big ones. My Twitter is at John Ryan Sports and one. I'm going to have a 5% max NFL bet going this weekend. Uh, for those that don't know, and I humbly state this 37 and 12, the last 49, all sports, more than two uh, seasons, two calendar years that covers. So they are very rare, but they are powerful. I might add, too, that because they hit at 77% also means they lose 23% of the time. And that's an important thing to emphasize with all of our strategies that we talk about here on the show. It's not about making a fortune in one day. It's about grinding out you know, little nuggets here and there each and every day and letting the profits just take care of themselves over the course of the season. So I hope everybody joins me for that 5%er, and I'm pretty psyched. No one goes 100%, but I'll put John's work up against anyone's. And then, Jesse, you're obviously someone, like I said, people, if you're not tailing Jesse's picks, you are missing out on profits. So whether it's your work, your social media handles, whatever you want to promote right now, go ahead. Thanks, Bobby. Normally, I like to send people to my own website, jessieshul.com. However, what I'm going to say right now is I am a perfect 11-0 and with my top NFL plays this year. And I recommend you go to sportsmemo.com for my play this weekend, which is testing that 11-0 run. We're hoping to make it 12-0. And the reason why I say go to Sports Memo is because Sports Memo offers uh, player props and team totals and exotic bets that a lot of these other sites, including my own, don't offer. And uh, that's a preview of what I'm looking at this week for my best bet testing that 11-0 run. So let's hope we go 12-0 and and I can wear that yellow outfit and my blonde wig again on uh, Monday morning. Can't wait. The Iceman's 11-0 for a reason. I've got a good feeling, and I'll bet on him to go 12-0. So people definitely take him up on his offer. Thank you to everyone who tuned in today, whether you found us on Believe.com, the Hardwood Parlay's YouTube page, or wherever you get your podcast from. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to like, rate, and subscribe. It goes a long way. Enjoy the holidays, everyone. For John Ryan and Jesse Shule, I'm Bobby Kravitsky, and this has been Hardwood Parlay's.